Welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Stop battling with storage bags filled with either too much or too little milk. The Milky's milk trays freeze your milk into one-ounce sticks. And today's episode is also brought to you by Solid Starts. And Solid Starts Virtual Course is a collection of over 20 videos about everything from readiness for solids to portion sizes. And we will hear more from our sponsors later, but you can head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check if, check our sponsor page if you need anything because they make this podcast possible. And while you're there, you can scroll down and enter your email address and we will send episodes straight to your inbox every week. And don't leave without seeing our shop page with all of our awesome merch. Um, everything from shirts to drinkware to stickers and magnets or something. <laughs> so <laughs> that you can... <laughs> Walk around town and spread the badass breastfeeding vibe all around. Stick and, a sticker everywhere. Yeah. And uh, now Diane has our review of the week. And it comes from iTunes. And this says, my husband and I love it. My husband and I both love listening to the podcast. Breastfeeding myths are so rampant, and it's so nice to have a reliable source of information about breastfeeding. The myths episodes are great, and I pop one on if it's been a particularly hard day. I've been given such a hard time for comfort nursing and feeding on demand. I really appreciate you supporting those things. Even my lactation consultants seem to have a bias against comfort nursing. Family tried to keep me from my baby when he needed me for comfort and cluster feeding. This podcast is helping affirm my parenting choices, and hopefully someday I'll be confident enough to whip out some of your comebacks. My husband will listen to your episodes on his own sometimes too and tell me about them. Also, I went back and listened to the first episodes. Abby, you need to share how long you nursed for in these new episodes. I didn't realize how long you nursed your boys for, and it's very encouraging because I want to breastfeed until my baby self weans. I know I'll get all kinds of comments because of it. And she had a question here. It says, do you still pump if you're away from your baby like when they're older? Like if my husband and I left for a weekend without him when he's two or three, this is way in the future, but I'm curious. So a couple things. First of all, thank you so much for putting this on iTunes. It's super helpful. And I'm pretty sure that she also messaged Abby, not message, but just sent you a yeah, com- because a comment, this is right? the person yeah. I was talking about last time. I said last time that somebody had messaged saying that I should talk more about how long I nursed baby um and the the boys and um i don't talk about that very often and so let's talk about it yeah (laughs) i nursed jack until he was six and a half years old and actually until he was right exactly five um and yeah we don't talk about it much um i guess we do talk a lot of like about like the beginning stages and all of that um and yeah. so we, the toddler stuff doesn't come as, up as much, but it is, you know, hopefully people are becoming empowered to nurse as long as they want. And the toddler stuff will become more relevant as it is right yeah, now. Yeah, I hope so. In this I hope so. Discussion. And I don't, I don't know if it's more of like, because I'm in this field that I'm a little bit more aware of it, but I feel like there are more like over the age of one. I think now, there are too. Where I used to not see that as much. So I think that's great. Um, it's amazing. And with her question, so this, um, if you have a child that's like two or three and you're still, you know, breastfeeding 
I mean, a lot of it depends on obviously how often your your child is breastfeeding. Because I know, like, we can take Abby as an example because I know Jack was breastfed a lot still when he was a toddler. But oh my god, some he nursed a lot. But, <laughs> but some toddlers only are like you know morning and before bedtime, and that's yep. it. So it really kind of depends on where you know where your toddler falls in. But overall, um, especially if it's a toddler that's only kind of nursing here and there. And if you go away like for a weekend or something, I would say only pump to where if you're feeling uncomfortable. So maybe just like bring a hand pump or just hand express if you're feeling full and uncomfortable. I don't think you need to like pump every three hours to keep your supply up or anything like that. You can just, you know, at that point, your supply is very well established. You're not going to dry up if you're gone for a weekend. You can just, you know, pump if you're a little bit uncomfortable, if you get it feeling too full. And then when you get home, just continue on with regular life. But um, I hope that, so I hope that helps. I think the biggest concern is that people are worried that their baby's not going to breastfeed anymore when they, if they're gone for a couple of days or their milk supply is going to go away. And that's, yeah. I mean, at two or three years, it's just not no, and Yeah. Because I think people, we forget or we don't realize like that you are a boob to your child. Like they, they, that's what they associate you with. That's part of your relationship. So like, if you go away, when they, when you come back, that's probably the first thing they're going to want to do. They're gonna be like, Oh my God, you know, they're back. The boobs are back. Even if they're, you know, they're like this, Hey, you know, this is what we do together. This is what we do. This is part of my relationship with this person. And so that's going to, that doesn't just go away overnight. Right. You know, the transition away from that is a long transition. So it's totally, yeah, you're not going to, um, you're not going to end anything, ruin anything. You know, I mean, some people do go like, I've heard of people say, oh, I'm planning a trip and that's when I'm going to wean. And then like, that's your, you know, if that's your plan, oh, like yeah. that's when you plan to wean, then that's a different story. But if you're worried that you're going to go away for a couple of days, you're going to come back and your, your um, baby or your toddler is going to be like, eh, I'm good. Like, it's probably not going to happen unless you're planning on it to happen. Yeah. So yeah. So thank you so much for that. That we put um she put that on iTunes for us and if you can put on iTunes, it is super helpful. But um otherwise you can send us a message and obviously she did both because she sent Abby a message about how long, you know, how long she nursed um Jack and Exley, but and then she put our review on iTunes and I love it when the partners listen too. I think that's so cool. That so thank really you cool. very much for that. Yeah. And today we're going to talk about stress. Yes. Stress. They're all Which the is, things you know, that we have to be stressed out about. Now we can stress about stress. <laughs> you know, I really like I was <laughs> thinking about that as um as I was like doing my research on I was telling Abby before we started that like I have all these tabs open with all these articles and stuff. But um I was thinking about that because it's like we str- like stress, it's just a whole cycle, right? It's like, oh my gosh, I'm yeah. stressed. So now I can't breastfeed and I'm know that I, because I can't breastfeed, then I'm like more stressed. Like it becomes this whole thing, right? So there's a couple of different things that I wanted to talk about with this um, because it's like, it's a, it's, th- it's a thing, right? It's a thing. And we hear all the time people say, oh my gosh, I'm really stressed. You know, it's going to, people say, if I'm stressed, it's going to go to the baby. The baby's going to be stressed and blah, 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 all this stuff. So let's find out like what, what the truth is behind that. Like, is it true? Is it not true? Like, I mean, what does everybody kind of think about it? Everybody think that this stress is going to ruin your breastfeeding relationship. Um, I mean, first and foremost, 
there's some really cool um, research on this. And I was reading like all sorts of stuff. And I'll link some of it in the, you know, in the show notes and stuff too. But um, I mean, bottom line, one of the things that I definitely want everybody to know, I took notes too. I was all over it, taking notes and pulling up all this stuff. <laughs> but um, the bottom line is, yes, like stress does impact lots of things. We know that. Yeah. Right. We know stress that. This isn't good going for in. you. We know that. It's yeah, it's not. And but it's I don't know that there's any getting away from it. Like, I don't even know if the most calm people on the planet don't get any kind of stress. Like if they're, you know, I, I, I just, maybe they just know how to handle it better, but I don't know if it's just not, I don't, I wouldn't say it's not there. Right. I mean, um, yeah. I don't know how you can live in this world and not be stressed. So, you know how I follow all these anti-capitalism, like, <laughs> profiles and stuff they always Probably have like really really funny they just have super funny memes that put things into perspective um and one of them was like um i when you suffer from seasonal depression but the season is capitalism <laughs> <laughs> so it never goes away it doesn't go away yeah it's just the season the whole season of capitalism is depressing and then there's yeah. another one of like um head like there's like headache uh like different there's like four different heads and then there's like each head has like a different part of it like highlighted as like you know the first one is like hypertension headache a um you know a stress headache or a um you know uh whatever all the different kinds of headaches and um let me pull it up and the last one is like the whole head is highlighted and it's like, oh my God, the crippling anxiety of watching late stage capitalism inflict deep trauma on the soul of humanity while also having to participate <laughs> in that system in order to survive. <laughs> oh, my God. That's like the yeah. ultimate headache. Anyway, yeah. so like from my perspective, as far as like, I think we talked about this with self-care a lot, too, is like this is much of this is out of our control. Much of this gets put in our hands as we're responsible for it and fixing it. And something's wrong with us because we're not functioning well in this like dysfunctional system. But like, mm -hmm. it's not our fault. Right. You know, right. and it, there, and it is in some way, there's no way around it. And maybe you don't even realize that some of this stuff is happening. Yeah. Either. And, you know, you think about that with like some people, maybe like, I'm not stressed, you know, or some people just, you know, act, not act, but react to things differently. Like some people, you can really see that stress in them. Some people are so easygoing that you don't see that stress. Um, you know, some people sh like we know carry systemic stress. Um, there's just, there's a lot, right? Like there's a lot to it. I always, um, I always kind of, well, as of re more recently, you know, like my, of course, Abby knows, but my husband had a knee replacement back in June. So he's been out of work since June. And when he first would like check in with, with, you know, his work people and stuff, he'd be like, wow, they sound so stressed out. Do they always sound like, I didn't realize, like, you know, and I'd be like, yeah, that's what y'all sound like. Like when you're at work and I call yeah. you, that's what you sound like. You sound exactly like that. And he was like, oh God, I didn't realize. And then his, like, his blood pressure was a lot lower too. And he was like, I didn't realize how much that job really did stress me out because yeah. he just didn't, he didn't think he felt it because he dealt with it every day for well, yeah, when you're inside of years, it, right? You don't, yeah. 
you just don't realize it. And I think sometimes you can put parenting under that. Like you do, you're probably like, some of us are more just more like, okay, I feel like I'm stressed out. You feel it. Um, I think sometimes we throw parenting in, in that where it's like, okay, I'm here. This is it. Yeah, I'm stressed, but I'll just accept it because this is how it is. Um, but how does it affect your breastfeeding relationship? Like, or does it at all? Because sometimes people say, oh, I'm so stressed out that I can't breastfeed. Or some people say, well, I don't think it's good for my baby to breastfeed because I'm too stressed out. Yeah. Or people um, say it to you. They're like, don't stress. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Do you know what is the most stressful thing in the world? And the most like <laughs> anti-calm thing in the world is when people say, don't stress or calm down. Yeah. Yeah. Calm down. Like, nothing pisses me off more than when somebody says calm down. Like, that's the opposite. So when yeah. somebody is like, oh, you know, don't stress. It's not good for the baby. It's not good for breastfeeding. Like, what? That's all that's going to do is make you 10 times more stressed. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, so, it's fine. I mean, it's, I mean, it's not fine, like, yeah. but it's you're not going to ruin your breastfeeding relationship. No, not at all. But one of the things that I definitely wanted to make very clear was that if you are in a stressful situation, if you find yourself in a stressful situation, and we're going to talk about how it impacts breastfeeding, just know that this is, you do not need to stop breastfeeding over this. Like it is not going to ruin your breastfeeding relationship. And I think I come into this more frequently, not that I don't see it like regularly, but I think I see it more frequently when parents return to work and they're having trouble pumping. That is usually where I see it the most. Um, And we can identify it as like, oh, yeah, okay, this is a stressful situation. We never had trouble pumping in the past. Now you're back to work. Um, You're feeling like work stress. You're away from your baby stress. People are walking in on you stress, you know, like that kind of stuff. And you're having trouble with pumping. So we can kind of label that as like, okay, we know that this is what's going on here. How are we going to deal with it? But I don't want anybody to go, oh, I just can't. This isn't manageable. I'm just going to stop breastfeeding. Because... There's there's things that we need to try to do. And it's not healthy for you to just like accept the stress and go on like that. You know, like it's yeah. I guess it's easier to be like, oh, okay, I'll just stay stressed out instead of try to fix the breastfeeding issues. But that isn't the answer because we don't want you to be stressed out like that all the time either. We gotta find ways, and it's of course easy for me to say this, but we need to try to identify ways to help bring that down because it's just not healthy for life. Yeah, that's true. I'm not saying go have a knee replacement. I know you're stressed out, right? But it really, <laughs> it's just like well, trying to step outside of it a little bit is 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 you know certainly helpful. But how do you yeah. do that when you're trapped inside right. of exactly this? Yeah. So one of the things, one of the reasons why we see this now, a couple of the things that I saw with um, when I was researching it. First of all, when I started researching it, a lot was coming up with like initiating breastfeeding and stress so that like uh, maybe the stress of childbirth or trauma surrounding childbirth, or maybe you had a preemie or maybe you had a sick baby um, and there's a lot of stress around that. And that causes a delay in your milk coming in. That's a lot of the stuff that I, I did see a lot of research around that, that your milk supply um, or you might have like what they call delayed lactogenesis. And what that means is that it took longer than like three days for your milk to actually like come in. Um, and that could be attributed to a stressful response from labor or a stressful situation happening with your baby as a newborn. Um, and that's, I mean, 
but when we look at like, what if breastfeeding is already established, right? What if you're, you've been breastfeeding for a couple months and you're in a stressful situation, you find yourself in a stressful situation and you find that this is impacting your breastfeeding relationship. Why is that happening? And people sometimes think that it affects your milk supply. Like that's what we hear a lot. Oh, I'm yes. stressed. So it's affecting my milk yeah. supply, right? Or yeah. Or I was so stressed out. My milk supply dried up. Right. So that's not really what's happening. Uh, and I think if people know that up front, that might be a little reassuring to know that like a little bit of stress isn't going to make your milk supply dry up because that's not really how it works. But the stress response messes with your hormones. So stress is cortisol, right? Like we know that stress is like increased cortisol. So when you have increased cortisol levels and like increased adrenaline, adrenaline levels, like that fight or flight, thing um, where you're just kind of like, oh my God, what is going on? And you're kind of in that crisis mode and your stress levels go up, your cortisol levels go up and your adrenaline levels go up. That will kind of squash your oxytocin levels. So your oxytocin is not releasing the way it needs to. And we know that oxytocin is a key element to your milk letting down. Right. Mm -hmm. So if your milk is not, if your oxytocin is not releasing because of high cortisol levels, then yeah, your, your body, then you will eventually probably have a milk supply issue because your body isn't letting that milk down. So now your baby's not going to feed well and you're not going to breastfeed. You're going to go, my gosh, this is, you know, my, I'm so stressed that my baby's not breastfeeding. And now you're going to have a supply issue because of that. It doesn't start out as a supply issue. It starts out as a letdown issue. Your milk mm-hmm. is just not releasing because you're not like those stress levels are are causing an impact. Mm-hmm. So it really goes down, comes down to stress, like not stress. It really comes down to your hormones and how all of that interacts with your hormone levels. So let's let's take a break for our sponsor break, people, and then um, and then I definitely want to talk more about like what other things we see with this and some things that we can do to help with it. Absolutely. (gasps) Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sorry. I almost knocked. I was getting ready to read the ads and then I almost knocked my entire computer off of the desk. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. I would have been left here. Oh my God. Oh my God. That was really dramatic. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We will be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Solid Starts. The Solid Starts virtual course is a collection of over 20 videos about everything from readiness for solids to portion sizes. But a parent's number one concern with starting solids or practicing baby-led weaning is choking. The Choking an Infant Rescue video course discusses the philosophy of gagging and choking and how to handle these situations. You'll learn the characteristics of foods, that are choking hazards, which foods to avoid, and how to prepare foods to avoid choking. You will also learn how to recognize choking happening with your baby and a detailed description of how to intervene to dislodge the item being choked on. Our friends at Solid Starts have a special gift for you badasses. You will receive the 50 Fantastic First Foods for Babies Guide totally free by heading to solidstarts.com. Put that 50 Fantastic First Foods for Babies Guide into your cart and then enter code BADASS50 and you get it totally free. Also, be sure to check out their massive Instagram 
at Solid Starts um, with lots of awesome information there. And today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Are you tired of defrosting breast milk from your storage bags only to find that it's too much or too little milk? What if you could defrost the exact amount of milk you need every time? The Milky's milk trays look like regular ice cube trays, but they have 16 semi-cylinder cavities that each hold one ounce of milk. When it's time to feed your baby or prepare bottles for the day, just pop however many breast milk sticks you need into any type of brand of bottle. Nothing is wasted. No extra breast milk left over tempting your caregiver to overfeed your baby and blow through your precious stash. Once the sticks are frozen, just transfer them to a freezer bag, freeing up the milk trays for your next batch of breast milk. And they come with lids so you can stack them, which will free up space in your freezer. They're reusable, environmentally friendly, made with BPA, food safe, no, made with, not made with, no, BPA, no, <laughs> made with food safe plastic, can be used for baby food later on. No BPA, no, no, no BPA, no phthalates or dyes. Check out the Milky's Milk Trays at Fairhaven Health. That's F-A-I-R-H-A-V-E-N health.com. And you can use Badass for 15% off of your purchase. And these, by the way, are my favorite ice cube trays. I don't nurse anymore, but I use them for ice. And they make the cool little ice sticks. And it's fun. And uh, today's sponsors and their promo codes, they can be found in our show notes under this episode at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. Our show notes will also include further information about things we talk about in this episode and also at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. You will find our breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. I do have to say, everybody, we're totally off our game. This isn't our regular record day, so I think it's like throwing us all off. So, <laughs> but, but, but with rest us. assured, there's no BPA in anything that we're trying <laughs> to advertise here. No. There is not. No. <laughs> I'm made with BPA. Like- Yum. <laughs> <laughs> Tune into our toxins episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would have been really funny if that was during the toxins episode. <laughs> oh my God. You so, thought we were yeah. trying to protect you from toxins. No, we're selling them. <laughs> Good thing Fairhaven Health knows we're better than I know. That, so. <laughs> oh my goodness. So... <laughs> One of the things that um, also comes up with with like stress is people saying, "Oh my gosh, the stress! Can the stress be in my milk? Can that cortisol, that high yeah. cortisol levels, the hormones, does that pass to the baby from through your milk?" So I did find some um, some cool research on that, and there's a lot of like, I mean, there's some mixed reviews, um, some mixed research on whether or not it makes your baby stressed out. If or if babies cry more, that's what they were looking at. Do babies cry more if they get more, if you're more stressed and they get higher cortisol levels in the milk? Like, do they cry more? Are they fussier babies? And um, they kind of had like a, it was like mixed, you know, like some research showed that female babies actually had more, you know, that were fussier with cortisol levels in the milk. Um, they showed, that some babies didn't care. They were fine. Like it really was a mixed bag. But one of the things, and this is really like something really kind of crucial to think about is we said that it's really, it's really biodirectional, you know, like, okay, 
do you have a fussy baby and that makes you more stressful? That makes the parent more stressful, which causes higher cortisone levels in the milk. And then they measure that and they see that the baby's fussier, but was it the baby being fussier anyway that caused that higher stress or was the parent stressed and that caused the baby to be? So it's like, it really can be a cycle. Um, and we don't know, like it's, it was really hard for them to pinpoint. Yes, it is the cortisol levels that is making these babies higher stressed um, or higher, you know, higher fussiness. But I really do think that if we could find ways, and of course, like, you know, Abby was kind of saying in the beginning, um, this is not your fault. Like, there's a lot of things that go into this. And as I mentioned, like a lot of times we see this when parents are returning to work. And we know that our maternity leave here in the United States is not good. Of course, with other places, they have a much better maternity leave. But here, it's, it's not good. And sometimes parents are going back after only a couple weeks. And yes, that is going to be stressful. Um, I have talked to, you know, I've done consults with many parents who are like, I'm really having a trouble, hard time pumping at work um, because their milk isn't letting down because of the stress involved with that return to work piece. So trying to put things into place that can help you with some relaxation, it might not be perfect, but if you could kind of help with that relaxation, whether it be... Um, you know, maybe even looking into this stuff before you go back to work, you know, maybe having a conversation with your, you know, with your boss or your supervisor or whoever, making sure that that there isn't going to be a problem with this. Because I think that sometimes that is one of the biggest issues is dealing with like staff and your boss and feeling like you shouldn't be doing this, um, feeling like you're being bothersome by having to pump at work and people are questioning why you're doing it. Um, remember that there's a lot of laws around this, too. So being able to really kind of have those conversations before you go back to work might be helpful and kind of alleviate some of that stress. Um, having really supportive, you know, family members and partners, which I know sometimes we just don't have that. But if we can have that, lean on who you can lean on for support, for sure. And a lot of things that you can put in place as far as like, if we're dealing with fussy babies, is it the fussy baby that's making you stressed out? Is your baby, you know, like... Are you struggling with that piece of things? Um, if it's not a return to work piece, maybe it's like, you know, your baby is a little fussier. That's giving you more stress or, you know, whatever that is. Implementing more comfort measures with your baby, more baby wearing, um, you know, things like that. Responsiveness that can help to bring apart, you know, some some comfort, maybe some, you know, a little bit less crying, a little bit less fussiness things like that that might help. Um, I mean, it really, it really is a lot of it is about managing stress. And unfortunately, that's, you know, that's not an easy thing to do sometimes. That's life. <laughs> that's Ugh. what you're doing before you have a baby. That's what you're doing after you have a baby. That's what you're doing with grown children. That's what you're doing living in the world. I mean, I think for me, one of the things that, that really helped me early on with shifting just this Cause I, cause we're also, you know, when you have a new baby, you are wired to be on alert. You are wired to worry, to, mm -hmm. to see the negative. You know, this is something that has kept humans alive, you know, for thousands of years is, is being on high alert. And it doesn't matter that your body is sitting inside of a house with locked doors and stuff. You know, now you're, you're, you're very much, we are very like primal in this time of our lives. And we are just on alert. And so 
I feel like just kind of knowing that for me, just like learning about that and shifting, shifting the blame a little bit. Like it's not all my fault. It's not like I'm completely incapable or I'm just this person who suffers from too much anxiety and depression. I'm just this person who can't handle what everyone else can handle. Like that is not true. The Like the amount of stuff that we are asked to handle, to manage is completely unmanageable. And we are suffering from it all the time. And And so I think just knowing that this isn't a reflection of the type of person that you are or how strong you are or how good you are of a parent. Like this is not, this is not a reflection of like your value can alleviate some of it. Um, at least in my, you know, my, um, experience and also, also like the baby's fine. Like I remember Mm -hmm. one time being in the shower Jack was crying and crying and I just finally like jumped out of the shower like sopping wet and like grabbed him was like oh my god he's inconsolable like like you don't like he 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 was fine he was crying and it was really really getting to me but also it's okay if they cry and you finish your shower like they're fine you know they're safe they yeah, are fine you yeah know he's safe. sitting in a bassinet on the other side of the shower curtain like I know that he's fine and he's upset because he's not being held and that's life sometimes you know and 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 he and they're fine um so you know that kind of shift in thinking was big for me um but pumping at work is one of the things i wanted to say something about because people i hear a lot of times people do these little like tricks like where they'll um they'll actually record their baby crying and then listen to it while they're trying to pump um, mm-hmm. because that will bring on a letdown. If you've ever been a lactating person and sat in a restaurant and heard somebody else's baby crying, you know that, that <laughs> will create a letdown. Um, and yeah. that kind of thing, or bringing something that smells um like baby, or having pictures. Of course, we all know that we all have tons of pictures on our phones of our babies, and just kind mm-hmm. of like looking at that, and you know, kind of working on that like physiological reaction to your baby. Um can help too. And, you know, it's like, it's hard for me to, I've gotten to the point in this conversation, the stress conversation where I'm like, I'm really reluctant to say things like, you know, you have to take care of yourself, self-care, you know, make sure you're, you know, dedicating time to yourself. And, you know, because like, that's, there's nothing more stressful to me than somebody being like, well, what do you do for you? If you really wanted to do something, you would find the time. If you really wanted to do that, you would just, you would find the time. And it's like, it's so condescending. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, it's that that doesn't help anybody's stress level. And like going to go get like your hair done or your nails done does nothing from the systemic stress that we feel living in this. And and people like, you know, black and indigenous people or people who are not white people. We know that these people live in stress 10, you know, or, I don't want to put a number on it, but like, extraordinary amount of stress that um, generational stress, you know, generational Mm -hmm. trauma, these things go on in families and with people. And we are just living in a large amounts of stress, which I don't need to stress anymore. 
Get it? That get <laughs> that it? Fun. Get it? Yeah. I made a pun. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things that there was some very limited research on, at least, you know, they were saying that more research needed to be done, was whether or not um, high cortisol levels can actually impact the composition of milk. Um, and again, not to the point where breastfeeding should cease or you should be weaning. Um, but just uh, to me, I took that as like, wow, like look at how, um, how deep this goes, you know, like it really does. And we know that, you know, stress can really, you know, impact lifestyles and everything, but um, to know that it could even like, if it's possible that it could even impact the milk composition. Um, if you are stressed, I, I did have, we did have a listener who was recently um, emailing with me about um, some really bad postpartum anxiety and how that impacted her milk letdown. And, you know, we can probably link postpartum anxiety and um, and stress as being, you know, very closely connected, I would imagine, right? So, I mean, that anxiety, I think, feeds mm-hmm. stress and stress feeds anxiety. Um, so, even being able to acknowledge you know, if, if you need some additional help with that postpartum piece of things, as far as, you know, therapy or, you know, having somebody that you can talk to about that stuff or medication or, you know, a mixture of things, um, that might be really helpful to get breastfeeding a little bit more on track for you. Um, and that's kind of what, you know, what she ended up doing and, you know, was helpful, but she was able to recognize like, this is causing a huge interference with my breastfeeding. Um, there is, you know, like I said, there's definitely things that you could try to do. Sometimes getting ahead of it can be helpful. Like if you know what the triggers are, like if you know, okay, my baby is really fussy in the evening, um, then maybe we can like adjust those evenings a little bit for, you know, not forever, but maybe just for a little while until your baby like gets into a different developmental phase where they're not as fussy in the evening time. So, you know, just to make things a little bit easier for you, you know, like maybe you won't have company in the evenings. Maybe um, you could have a little bit more, you know, if it's possible to have a little bit more help in the evenings, maybe, you know, getting some meals or having, if people ask you like, what can we do for you? You know, okay, cook me a meal. I'm going to put it in the freezer. When we're having a really bad night, I'm just going to pull that out or a bad afternoon. I'm going to pull it out. Not worry about cooking that day. Um, Things that you could maybe get ahead of if you know, are triggers for your baby. Um, if you know, like days where you have doctor's appointments or days where you're busier, babies are fussier, then that maybe that could be something that you're kind of like aware of. Like, okay, I know that this might be a difficult evening. We're just going to hunker down, get out all the, you know, get out the, the, the baby wrap, get out the white noise machine, put the lights down a little bit. And we're just going to, you know, know that this might be a little bit more of a difficult evening. Um, sometimes just kind of being ahead of it. Um, and I know that's kind of what I had to do a lot of times. And I was a single mom, which is a different set of stress. Um, but I remember like it was my kids got a little bit older and just getting them ready for school in the morning was a huge stressor. Ugh, and God, I can't even like, it was just a freaking night. Like I, I remember by 9am, like being like feeling so stressed by 9am that I just didn't know how I was going to function the rest of the day. But it just is like, you, you know, like I knew that that was one of my triggers was that, you know, that piece of like just trying to deal with getting everybody up and moving and fed and lunches made and, you know, ready. Um, So sometimes when you know what your triggers are, 
you can kind of put things into place to help to help you out with that. I mean, none of those, we have no really like solid answers because everybody acts differently when it comes to stress and everybody deals with it differently. But your takeaway to this is to definitely know that it does not have to interfere with your breastfeeding long-term, that it might, you might see some, you know, some struggles with the breastfeeding, but it's not, it's not anything that you need to give up because there's some stress happening in your life. You definitely don't need to give up breastfeeding altogether. Um, It's not going to, you know, your milk supply isn't going to dry up in five minutes if you're, you know, have a stressful situation happening. No way. But it is good to identify it. It's good to identify it and know, you know, maybe things need to be put into place to help with that. Yeah. It's all about managing it because there's no way to alleviate it, really. <sighs> there's no way of getting rid of it. It's just managing. No. And I've, I mean, I've told people too all the time, like, I feel like having a baby, like nobody just has a baby. Like everybody, like people have a baby and buy a house. People have yeah. a baby and, you know, change jobs or, yeah. you know, you have a baby and a family member dies or it's like, it just is not, you're just, nobody like, I don't know, I, I've yet to meet somebody who just has a baby and goes, oh, I'm just going to relax. Like, it just doesn't happen that way. It's just no. crazy. Yeah. The I amount mean, of it, stress we put ourselves under sometimes. Well, yeah. And I, yeah, realizing I think it, that we normalize just, so much level of stress is normalized. Yeah. And then if we're not stressed, then it's almost like, oh, wow, look at me being lazy. I'm so lazy. I, yes. need, to, I need to get up and do yes. something. And you know, yeah, it's weird. You Backwards know and really like, I, dysfunctional. Yeah. And I'm like the, you know, I, m- memes are my favorite thing. <laughs> and I saw yeah. this one that I sh- saved that I wanted to share at some point and I'll share it right now. The more I think about it, the more I realize that being lazy is not a real thing. People are chronically ill, disabled, mentally ill, overworked, exhausted, but lazy is not even a real thing. It's just another attempt to shame people into capitalist productivity. And it's so true. Like, there's no such thing Mm -hmm. as being lazy. It's like if you sit down, it's like, well, why are you being lazy? Why are you being lazy? What? what? It's like relaxing is just not valued in our culture if you're relaxing it is that is synonymous with lazy yeah and relaxing in a way i know that this is like something that came out of like the um black feminist movement in the 60s um was relaxation as a like a revolutionary act like as like Mm. disobedience it's like we are going to take care of ourselves we are going to you know like self-care like like you know watch out for ourselves create boundaries and like relaxation as revolution. Yeah. And so anyway, yeah. Yeah. You're not lazy. Jesus. There's no such no, thing as not. lazy. No, you're all it's like just relax with your baby. And that, you know, will bring a little bit of calming. A little bit of like Hopefully. you know, do that skin to skin with your baby, increase yeah. that oxytocin. And, you know, it'll be okay. But yeah, we just we support you. That's about, you know, that's about all I can say about it. But stress is hard, but do the best you can. Well, and thanks for opening we all your tabs, with. Diane. I think I got more tabs open now than I usually do. It's kind of a, yeah, yeah kind of a um, little bit of a record here. <laughs> 
But yeah, so I will link some of these studies because they are really interesting. So if you're interested, you know, if you're kind of want to nerd out to some of that stuff too, um, I will link some of it in because it is really interesting to hear about how um, how stress does kind of impact things, but also for you to realize that it's not um, it's not going to end your breastfeeding relationship. It's okay. Well, that's it. Thank you. Bye. Bye.